My philosophy is there's no problems, there's situations, and some situations can be turned into a challenge, and there's a gift behind every challenge. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey guys, have you connected with me on Clubhouse yet? I'm really looking forward to meeting and talking to you. Check it out at Chris Ward Clubhouse. Let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. And I am your host, Chris Ward. And today, uh, oh my heavens, the lucky stars have shone on me. We have an absolutely wonderful guest. This is going to be a very exciting day. This really is going to change how you see your business in life. I'm not kidding you. All right. In the house, we have Mr. Ron Klein. Now, you may not know the name, but I guarantee you, guarantee you 100%, you have used one of his inventions, one of the services he's provided for the world. Now, even though most of you are listening to us on iTunes or whatever your platform is, your, your phone device. I'm going to play a sizzle reel here because I don't believe I will do it justice to explain the, the, the wonderment of his business life. It's unbelievable. And for those of you on YouTube, you get to watch it. Otherwise, if you're not, you know, you want to learn more, just hop over to YouTube yourself and search Ron Klein or the Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. So let me just play this for you guys. Listen carefully. It will just literally blow your socks off. I think the statistics today talk about 609 million credit cards that are in existence just here in the U.S. When I hear those kind of numbers, I almost have to be apologetic. I grew up right out of the Depression, and I was just a very, very inquisitive kid, very inventive, coming up with all my own toys. By the time I turned 18, the Korean War was on, I was drafted, and after I came back from the service, people were making what they called charge purchases. They would come in with their credit card, which had an embossed number on it, and the merchant would have to look up that credit card number on a long list of negative account numbers that they were given every month by the credit card companies. Right around that time, reel-to-reel tape recorders came out, and I figured, I've got a great idea. If I could take a piece of tape and record the account number on that piece of tape, paste it on the back of the piece of plastic, and build a device that mimics a tape recorder. So that if I inserted the card and pulled it out rapidly, it could possibly work, and it did. And that was the invention of the magnetic tape on the back of the credit card. I was delighted when I saw all the problems it solved amongst all the department stores in which we installed it. Never made tons of money off the patent, but I made tons of money when I came up with lots more ideas and inventions with the development of the nutrition system to raise chickens in eight-week period, the development of MLS, 
multiple listing service for the real estate industry, the development of voice response for the banking industry, which eventually took me into the New York Stock Exchange, and I was there for over a quarter of a century developing things for the exchange. My nickname and what I'm known for is I'm the grandfather of possibilities. There we go. Mr. Ron Klein, welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Chris. I didn't realize that you weren't going to share the screen, so I didn't see anything, but I'm sure your podcast people heard it, right? They they did, and you didn't see it, but the people who see it on YouTube will see it. I just didn't want oh. to get too complicated with the screens, okay. right? I was trying to keep it simple so that I didn't muck Great. up when we started talking. But I, I know you know your story, so you didn't have to see it. I <laughs> That's your remember. story. Yeah, yeah. I remember lots of stuff. <laughs> lots yeah, of stuff. there you go. So where do we start with you? I mean, okay, I stopped you when we started chatting before we uh, started the show because you said, well, Chris, I'm not really an inventor. I'm a communicator. And I must say you're, you're gracious and you simplify everything you're doing, but let's hear you minimize all your fantastic accomplishments about being a communicator. Well, I, really, I said I was a communicator, but I guess I'm really an innovator. Right. When I, when I meant communicator, because I have a technical background, when I originally started in the business, I was the guy who was the go-between between listening to the customer or the consumer's pain points and explaining that to the engineering department. Because for some reason or other, they never speak the same language. And I figured, you know what? I'm an interpreter. I can interpret what the pain point of the customer is and what they really want and need. And again, what the engineering department can do. So that's how I call myself a communicator. But I don't, I don't look at myself as an as a inventor. I look at myself as an innovator. I make things better. For instance, I didn't invent the credit card. I invented the magnetic strip on a credit card. So originally, all it was was a piece of plastic with your embossed name and the account number. All I did was automate it, made it faster, and took the burden off the merchant so that he didn't have to make the decision. Because in that video, what the merchant is doing is looking up in a long list of mm. number, account numbers, good credit and bad credit. So he had right. to make the decision very slow. And then my first invention was just to put a keypad into a memory system so he could key in the account number. And if it didn't come up in a memory system, the person, the client was good to go. But the burden was still on the merchant. He still had the responsibility of making the decision and putting the number in accurately. And that's when the real to real tape recorders came out. And I figured, geez, I know how that works. I'm an engineer. And if I didn't know how it would work, my idea is pretty good. I'll hire an engineer and he can make it happen. So it was probably one of the simplest challenges. And, and that's what I really want to talk about. Let me, I, let me jump in here for one second, if I may. Sure, First of sure. all, I just want to unpack some of the brilliant things you said. Before I do that, though, do you not have the temptation of every story you're in every single time you pull out your credit card to tell somebody that you're the inventor? Like, did, does that get old? Do you want to tell people that? That no. you, you don't well, want to tell them? You don't Chris, want to brag? <laughs> no, Chris, when I came up with that idea, I was solving, and this is what I was going to say, I'm a problem solver, but I don't okay. look at things as problems. I look at it as mis challenges. So when the major department store came to me back in 1964, they said, Ron, we have a problem. And I said, no, my philosophy is there's no problems. There's situations and some situations can be turned into a challenge. And there's a gift behind every challenge. 
So I looked at it and I said, what is your problem? They said, it takes too long to make a charge purchase. That's what they called them in those days. And the burdens are on the wrong person. I said, simple. We'll speed it up and we'll take the burden off the merchant. And all I did was take the contents of the, uh, the, the magnetic tape idea and put it on the back of the credit card and make you the motor, okay? You slid a little piece of magnetic tape through the thing that mimicked it. So my philosophy is keep it really simple, solve the problem and provide a benefit. So my whole philosophy is, and I do it with my fingers, you gotta be smart, okay. daring and different. Okay, now what I mean by smart, it doesn't mean a, a college degree or a PhD from Harvard. It means learn something new every day, hmm. pay attention, listen to everybody. There's always some, even from the trash man, you can learn something, okay? So everybody has something to offer, learn, pack it away in your brain, when the time comes that you need that, recall it. So that's my philosophy. To be daring means don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you painted something the wrong color the first time, paint it a different color, okay? So be daring. That's what you learn by making your mistakes. The last thing in my life that is so important, whatever you provide must provide a benefit, okay? Mm. So to be different is to provide a benefit. I always say that if it doesn't provide a benefit, it's no more than a hobby. Ah, so you okay. Smart, daring, and different. And, and something else you said in there, previous to that, which I think is so important and something I'm really passionate about, is you said, look, I was an engineer. I knew how to do that. But if I didn't, no big deal. I would have hired somebody. Because I'm all about that, your team together everyone amplifies money and that you know that's everything you're not supposed to know or do it all yourself i'm all about the team so you just whimsically said yeah i came up with an idea it wasn't my job to know how to do it if i did great but that was never going to slow me down never and and you know i always say that i learned this whole philosophy in grade school how to solve word problems you know you remember the old word problems i they do put so much junk in there you didn't know what to do and then the whole crust about word problems is you have to find out what's the given and what's the solution you're looking for. Everything else in between is the journey. It's the minutia. So I, I was like, say, okay, I was like 20 before I figured out that there was extra stuff in there. I thought it was all relevant. Nobody told me that till I was like 20. It's minutia. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> the, real, the real name of it is minutia. So okay. you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. You have to okay. say, what's the given? What am I working with? And what do I want to end up with? And everything else is the journey. Now there's little hurdles along the way in the journey. And that's where you, if you painted it the wrong color, painted a new color. So I always say failures are never an option. And there's only plan A. No other plan. Only plan A. And if plan A started with the wrong color, what are you going to do? Your audience is going to paint it a different color. 100%. So... so the credit card is phenomenal. Your advice is profoundly simple, but hugely impactful. I mean, it just really resonated. I was lucky enough to have a, a learn from you on a previous thing with our, our friend, James Malinchak. Yeah, and, you know, buddy. yes, he's wonderful. And it really resonated with your wisdom resonated with me for weeks. I, I, you know, I just thought of you every day. The other big thing that just totally shocked me, it was so 
I, everybody uses it is MLS. How did we get there? Okay, well, first, let me just answer the question on the credit card thing. Oh, we're not you done, said, folks. I apologize. You <laughs> said, don't, don't I want to brag about it? Right. I was just solving an issue, solving okay. a situation. I mean, notice I didn't call it a problem. So right. did I know at that time it was going to affect billions of people? No, but I knew it was going to solve the issue at that major department store and all their other branches. And that was what I wanted to do. So as it grew, it doesn't make it, you know, I'm, I'm not a fancy guy. I came from a very working class family back in the thirties. My dad was a male, a postal worker. My mom worked in a department store and I was fortunate enough to be very creative with the toys I would make myself with string and cardboard and tape. And I loved it. And these were, they were different times. And I feel privileged. I'm going on 86 years old now. And I, I feel privileged that I spent all my time starting in the 1930s until now because I didn't miss anything. So many other of these young people, they didn't see what I saw. So I was so fortunate. I even saw the invention of television, an invention of all kinds of interesting things. So I feel very fortunate to be where I am now and the fact that I'm still not empty. So... <laughs> The other things I did along the way was um, back in 1967, there was a need for people to say, okay, I live in point A and I'm going to go to point B. And when I get there, it would be so nice if there was real estate people that knew what I wanted before I got out to California. I'm leaving New York. I want to get to California with my family. I want, I want to know all the different properties that are available. And likewise, I have a property for sale. I want people to know what property I have for sale. So NARAB, the National Board of Realtors in Chicago, came to me in 1967 and said, what, what can we do to help this and make this thing come alive? And I came up with lots of ideas, came up with portable terminals. And at that time, we were using the touchtone phone was just coming out, but not everybody had a touchtone phone. So I invented a terminal, a little suitcase terminal with batteries in it that they could set up parameters on thumb wheel switches, what they wanted, what the priorities were, what they have and what they're going to sell, put it on thumb wheel switches. And I figured I got a great idea. I can make an acoustic coupler where they can take the old dial up phone, put it in the handle of this little thing that beeped, call up the, the central computer and then push a button to say go and it would take all the contents of the switches that I set up and it would transmit all the contents in the in tones and touchstones. So this was just as touchstone phones were coming out and I would say okay a one is this tone a two is this tone and so on and so forth and I was able to transmit that and that was the start of MLS. And then to print out the information Twix and Telex was the communication devices in those days. That was the email back in the 60s. Of course, now it's the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So of that, and people would use the Twix and Telex by dial-up over the telephone lines. And I converted them so that you can just have a little keyboard and you can put in what was now the MLS number and it would print out all the content. So it was basic, it did the job, and it worked. 
Well, I would like to correct you a little bit because you did say you were 86 years old. I'd like to tell you you're 86 years young, my friend. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I mean, imagine sitting here, we're talking to someone who, as you said, you very clearly remember the invention of television. And now you're sitting on a podcast where people are listening to you in Italy and Australia and around the world. So look at you keeping up with what's going on. So, well, wow. Like, you know what's so great? People can't talk to Thomas Edison today. And he invented illumination and the light bulb and so on and so forth. I feel fortunate that they can hear me in live voice. And I'm still here from what yes, I did in the 1960s. And I'm still here so they can hear me. Um, with no pretense of slowing down, because you're working on stuff now. You're not oh, still here, I'm, I'm, you're still I'm, working. I'm, and I'm making some major changes, which I'll tell you about a little later. So after the MLS, then I came up with the idea, because touchtone phones just came into being, of taking the touchtone phone, calling a central bank computer, and beeping those tones down the line from the touchtone phone and that could be your account number. It goes in the computer, and I was converting the computer from touch tone to, to from text to voice, and then feedback the banking information in voice. So in 1968 was the first voice response. Wow. In fact, when I did it, I recorded all the different syllables on a magnetic drum that would rotate in milliseconds. And that's why the first voice response that you would hear was very mechanical. It would sound like this because I had to seek out the different verbiage from each track of the drum. So I had wow. all the different syllables there. Then after a, a few years, I was able to synthesize that and it came out very smooth, like real voice. So that was interesting. And then, then my career really started Oh, then, yeah, because up until now, it was like slow stuff. So, so okay, things started to pick up with the first, all those first major inventions, not so much, but tell us when it really got started. <laughs> well, it really got started when I started making some gross errors of big mistakes. Okay. Because, like I say, smart, daring, and different. If you're not daring, you're not learning. And I was a young, young man. I was in my early 30s. And I was prepared to make all the mistakes because I wasn't a good listener. Remember, I said, you have to get be smart and listen to everything every day. I wasn't a good listener. So as I was building my company, and we we're making product for MLS and, and for voice response. My company grew to 125 people. Because in those days, there was no thing, no such thing as the Internet and software. Everything was done with circuit cards and hardware, transistors and resistors. And so I needed engineers. Hey listeners, I'm gonna jump in right here because this fabulous man, Ron Klein, is a phenom. He invented things that all of us just, you know, it's touched our lives, whether we moved or used a credit card. I mean, significant things that we use in our day-to-day -day living. So I certainly was not going to interrupt him when he started leading from one invention to the next. So this has turned into a two-part podcast. I encourage you to listen to the second part because it, the story is just getting going and he is, it's unbelievable what's coming next. So check it out, part two of Ron Klein. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift 
fromchris.com. That's free gift, G-I-F-T, from Chris, K-R-I-S, dot com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.